It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW Sioux St. Marie. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern upper peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players that are involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories too. Now, let's get to the game and join your host. Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on News Talk 1400. You can also hear our show online at Newstalk1400.net and podcasts available at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our News Talk 1400 studios just outside the city limits of Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. On this Monday, September 19th, 2022, the game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. We will be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight. And coming up on tonight's show, in about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by Sweagle's color commentator for... News Talk 1400, Rob Horn, who will talk about all the events, and there were certainly many events that happened over the weekend at Polar Stadium. Rob will join us at 6.15. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by co-host David McCaig Jr., host of the Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, who will get us up to date on the Sioux Greyhounds, also talk a little NHL and Toronto Blue Jays baseball. Then around 6.45, we'll be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, will give us an update on everything going on in the Metro Detroit sports region. And Butch will stick around for the second hour and our round table. But as always, we start with local sports and certainly lots more to cover here as we are well into the fall sports season. Let's start with high school football. Sioux High was at home on Saturday against Superior Heights. And well, let's just say mission accomplished. Wasn't that tough? The Blue Devils beat Superior Heights by the score of 60 to 7. Blue Devils only had to throw one pass and run 24 offensive plays and they score 60 points. And they could have scored more, but thankfully uh sportsmanship prevailed on the afternoon. Blue, the Blue Devils scored on runs of six runs over 35 yards in the contest. Callie Bell was the leading rusher for the Blue Devils, 117 yards, two touchdowns on three carries. His scores were of 56 and 41. Will Ullman, he had five rushes for 101 yards, including an 83-yard touchdown run. Alexander Jasic had two carries, scored on both of them, one coming from 60 and the other from 36, while River Rakegum rushed for 95 yards on five carries. He had a 56-yard touchdown run. Nick Albacall also had five carries for 82 yards and one score. Second half, the Blue Devils scored two pick sixes. Will Ullman had a 20-yard interception return for a touchdown, and Carter Olszewski also had a pick six good for 60 yards. So Suhai now 4-0 on the season. They will travel to Ogama Heights on Saturday, where they will take on the Falcons, 2 o'clock kickoff. And you can hear that game over on our sister station, 1230 WSOO, with Dave Watson, starting with the kickoff show around 135. In the EUP Game of the Week on Country 105 from this past weekend, well, Rudyard entered the game 1-2, and two, and Pickford, they entered the game on Friday 3-0. and oh, And it was all Rudyard in that this one as they uh, put the whooping to Pickford as they went up by the score of 31-6. to six. Cam Peterson, he had quite a day. 
for the Rudyard Bulldogs. 21 carries, 242 yards, and three touchdowns. He also threw for two more touchdowns, three of three passing for 51 yards. Aiden Bickle had 54 rushing yards on 11 carries. He also caught two balls for 31 yards and a score. As for Pickford, it was Brandon Altoff leading the way, 215 yards and one score on 30 carries. Rudyard now 2-2 two and two on the season. They will travel to Ingadine on Friday night, while Pickford now 3-1. and one. They will play host to Rapid River. In other games involving EUP teams over this past weekend, Newberry, they improved to 3-1 and one overall as they hand Cedarville Detour, their first loss of the year, winning at home on Friday night, 44-14. to The Indians will be at Superior Central this Saturday, while the Islanders, now 3-1, and they will host Brimley Friday night in our EUP Game of the Week, week rather, over on Country 105 with Matt Pocket. Matt will have the pregame show around 6.45 or so. Brimley, they fall to 1-3 and three on the year as they drop an 18-12 to decision to Superior Heights at home. As I just mentioned, Brimley will be at Cedarville on Friday. And Ingenine, they earn their first win of the season at home Saturday afternoon, knocking off Burr Oak 17-6. The Rudyard, They will host Rudyard on Friday. St. Ignace, they were 3-0 going in to Week 4 last Friday, and they ran into a very good Gladstone team. The Braves shut out St. Ignace 40 to nothing. Cora in Sioux, Ontario, they moved to 2-0. On Friday night in high school football on the Canadian side as they earned a 31-7 win over the St. Mary's Knights at Superior Heights. That's where that game was played. Cora will have a bye week this upcoming week, but will face Huron Heights in an exhibition game on Saturday. While St. Mary's, they will return to action this Friday night as they will take on Superior Heights, 7.30 p.m. That game played at, you guessed it, Superior Heights. Moving on to... Hockey, Midget AAA Sioux Indians had a good weekend, getting their first win of the year on Saturday as they, <coughs> excuse me, as they knock off the Oakland Junior Grizzlies in overtime by the score of 3-2. to two. This is the number 6th ranked team in all the nation. Saturday goals for the Indians, Saber Colber and Luca Weinstein with the game winner coming from Drew Delis from Marquette. In net for the win for the Sioux Indians on Saturday was Justin Bamberger. In a close game on Sunday, the Indians would fall to Oakland 2 to nothing. The Junior Grizzlies would get an empty net goal in the remaining minute, but uh, good results for the Sioux Indians over the weekend. Cam Labadee was in net for the Indians over the weekend. So they get on the winning column, or in the winning column, I should say. And the Sioux Indians will travel to Fox Motors this Saturday and Sunday. Sioux Greyhounds, they will resume their exhibition season this Friday on the road at Sudbury. This will be the final exhibition game for the Hounds as they will open up the regular season at the GFL Memorial Gardens on Friday, September 30th and Saturday, October 1st against the North Bay Battalion. You can hear all Sioux Greyhound regular season games home and away over on our sister station, Rock 101, with Jerry Liscom Jr. Sioux Greyhounds General Manager Kyle Raftis over this past week announced the fourth signing in advance of the upcoming season. The third-round selection from the 2022 draft, Alex Kostoff, agreed to a standard player agreement and education package with the Greyhounds. Kostoff, a native of Mississauga, Ontario, played last season for the Markham Majors U16 team. 
In 23 regular season games played, the 6'2", 179-pound forward recorded 12 goals and 7 assists, good for 19 points. We're going to talk more about the Sioux Eagles with our color commentator Rob Horn coming up here in a few minutes. The Eagles did get one game in over the weekend as they had their home opener Friday night and Chase Tolaire scoring twice, Logan Raphael earning the shutout as the Sioux Eagles win over Elliott Lake by the score of 6 to nothing. And then they were scheduled to play French River on Saturday. They did get seven minutes into the game, but much like we saw Friday night, some major ventilation, uh, moisture, and humidity problems at Puller Stadium. The referees did uh, delay the game for a few minutes. They got back out there, but it was just a little too tough to play hockey. So that game has been suspended, and they will resume that game where the game was suspended. The Eagles had a one nothing lead on the goal by Jack Morseman. That one will be replayed at a later time. Sioux Thunderbirds with one game this weekend as they would defeat French River on Friday 3-1. to And the Thunderbirds, they're going to start a three-game road trip this week, Thursday at Hearst, Friday at Hearst, and Saturday at Cochrane, while the Sioux Eagles with one game this weekend at home against Greater Sudbury this Friday night, 7-30. Assuming that we can play that game, we'll have the call of it right here on News Talk 1400. Laker volleyball over this past weekend, a good match on Friday. The Lakers would fall to Northern Michigan. They would push the Wildcats to a fifth set. The Lakers would win the first set 25-17 before dropping the next two, and then they would fall in the fifth and decisive set 15-9. Mariana Velasky, she earned 17 kills, 13 digs, and had a double-double leading the way for Lake State. Laker Volleyball on Saturday, they would fall at Michigan Tech in three sets. Emily McDaniel, she finishes the afternoon with seven kills, also being involved in seven total blocks for the Lakers. And then Lake State would play at home yesterday afternoon against Ferris State. Good first set for the Lakers. They had a big lead in that first set, but they couldn't hang on, falling 25-23. to Ferris would win the second set 25-16, to and Lake State would lose the third set 25-18. to Emily Kalinowski finished with her fifth double-double of the season for Lake State. She would also have 24 assists and 10 digs. As Lakers now 1-12 overall, 0-5 in the GLIAC, they will return to action this week as they will be at Wayne State on Friday. Laker women's tennis, they competed at the IUPUI Fall Invitational in Indianapolis over the weekend. And freshman of the year in the GLIAC, Maddie Whip, well, she started her sophomore campaign doing very well. She defeated the top-ranked player in the Midwest region from a season ago, that being Anna Novakova in the opening round as Whip would go 6-0 and in the event. Uh, Lakers did very well in that event. They had a uh, good singles play from Frally Raton along with Laura Tamal. And the second day of competition, Mary Lou Cote, Valentina Perotti, and Martino Oviedo also would win. So Laker tennis off to a good start. And watch out for Maddie Whip. If she's already whipping, no pun intended, the top-ranked player in the Midwest region, it's going to bode well for the Laker tennis team. They will return to action on Saturday, September 24th, where they will travel to Allendale, Michigan, for the women's ITA Fall Regional Tournament. 
And finally, Laker hockey, uh, quite a bit of news uh, over the past few days. Laker hockey program announced volunteer assistant coach DJ Goldstein to the title of assistant coach, as that was announced by head coach Damon Witten on Wednesday. Goldstein spent the previous season serving the program on a volunteer basis, where he was involved in all aspects of the daily operations of the coaching staff, while also assisting in hockey operations and managing organizational film analysts and breakdown and earlier today the ccha the central collegiate hockey association had their first preseason poll to no one's surprise minnesota state the top ranked team in the preseason ranking six first place votes northern michigan second they received two second first place votes they were second bowling green third bemidji state fourth michigan tech fifth Lake State 6th, Ferris State 7th, and St. Thomas is predicted, granted these are all predictions, to finish 8th. And the all-CCHA preseason team has been announced. Seven student-athletes have been recognized, including two from Lake Superior State. Those preseason all-CCHA team selections were are, I should say, Brendan Fury out of Minnesota State, Louis Bedone out of Lake State, A.J. Vanderbeck out of Northern Michigan. Those are the forwards. While on defense, Jake Livingstone out of Minnesota State and Jakob Bankston from Lake Superior State, along with Elias Rosen of Bemidji State. They were selected on the defense, while Blake Pielta, Pitella, excuse me, from Michigan Tech earns the top goaltender honors. And again, these are all just preseason predictions. I believe the Lakers were finished or were predicted to finish six last year, but Certainly going to be very interesting to see what happens with that program, and it's not too far away. The Hockey Lakers will open up play on Saturday, October 1st, with an exhibition game at Michigan Tech, and they will open up home play on Sunday, October 2nd, 2nd rather, against Nipissing at the Taffiable Arena at 2.07. You can hear all Laker hockey games home and away over on our sister station. Today's hits 99.5 Yes FM with the voice of Laker hockey, Bill Crawford and Matt Pocket. That is your local sports, but we're not done talking local sports. We're going to take a break. We come back, we're going to talk more about the Sioux Eagles, their season and opening weekend at Polar Stadium with our color commentator for Sioux Eagles Hockey on News Talk 1400, Rob Horn. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. (laughs) Okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Are you looking to get fit or maybe just stay in shape? The All-in-One Fitness Club can help you with all your fitness wants and needs. Their great facility is fully equipped with locker rooms, saunas, and the best cardio equipment, along with the best plate-loaded and cable equipment around. The All-in-One Fitness Club also offers great deals for seniors, students, state, and federal employees, all with no yearly contract and no hidden fees. Wow! Come join today. Upstairs at the Big Bear Arena, where you'll achieve all your fitness goals. For more information on ours and more, go to SiouxTribeHealth.com. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern Upper Peninsula for over 40 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Call 906 632 
1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric, 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call. So you can worry about more important things. Like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owners agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Now's the time of the year to get more for your money on a new Mahindra, the world's number one selling farm tractor. Enjoy 0% financing on select Mahindra tractors. That's more for less on Mahindra's best-selling models. We deliver more lift, better fuel efficiency, and more built-in weight. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales. Come on in and test drive a new Mahindra today. And remember, we also carry a full line of Boss Plows, Cub Cadet, Woods Implements, Xmark Mowers, Echo Power Equipment, and Doolittle Trailers. Give us a call today at 906-478-3026. And remember, I-75, exit 373 in Rudyard for the best service in the EUP. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 617 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you, and we are joined now in studio by hockey TV cameraman and color commentator for Sioux Eagles Hockey this season on Hockey TV and right here on News Talk 1400. Rob Horn joining us once again on the game. Rob, it seems like I just saw you a couple days ago, but I appreciate you taking time out from your busy schedule to join us on the game and talk some Sioux Eagles hockey. Absolutely. No, it's, it's always great to come and work with you. I mean, I've had a, a real blast over the last couple of years being able to, well, I mean, as a cameraman for, for years now and, and just the, the, the conversations, but being able to, uh, to, to do the color commentating and come on and, and, uh, do a few other things. It's, it's, it's always, it's always great to work with you. And it's always great to work with you, Rob, and always uh, fun to broadcast games at Puller Stadium. Let's first talk about the game that actually happened, and we'll talk about the game that didn't quite happen, or at least the whole game didn't happen. The Eagles 1-1 one one going in to their home opener Friday night against Elliott Lake. A 6 nothing win for the Sioux Eagles. Chase Tolaire with two goals. Uh, Logan Raphael, a solid in net, earning the shutout. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, Elliott Lake is probably going to be that last place team, it appears, in the West, but they're not a terrible team. The Eagles really really played their A game on Friday night in front of a pretty good crowd, over 600 fans. The Eagles, have, they definitely played really well on Friday night. There's no, absolutely no question. And I think, uh, like, you know, say for me going into that, even into that game, you're always looking for a few players that, that really, okay, this one's going to be solid here. This one's going to do this here. And, and you can count on them each weekend to do certain things. And as I, you and I had mentioned after the game, like I said, Raphael played a fantastic game, and that that first shutout is—I mean, for him, I'm sure he's he's riding a pretty pretty high cloud right As now. As he should, right? And uh, but there were like I'd seen his dad today, and there were there were eight or nine saves that really said, okay, he's he's ready for the season. And uh, like I say, I'm, I'm going to try to pull some of the highlights because I think they were spectacular. That like you said the one save from one side to the other with the glove. 
that was absolutely phenomenal. And the toe save that he made was huge. I mean, they, they had him dead. They had him dead to rights to put up, to put a puck in the net. And he, he took it away from him. He stole that game away from him. Elliot Lake's goaltender was pretty good too. That game could have been 12 to nothing without him. Yep. Yeah. Smith played really well that night. And uh, I mean, he, he didn't do bad at all. Our boys were, they were just, you know, as they say, it, Normally it's another week or two before we say it, but they're finally finding the net, you know, and it's, it's nice to see that they all, they all played really well together. The gears, the gears came together. And like I say, it was, it was really good to see Logan be able to say, okay, well, you know, it looks like he's hopefully ready for the season and, and, you know, it's, we're going to move forward. Yeah, different looking team, I think, than last year, Rob. I think last year's team was smaller and maybe a little bit faster. The Eagles have really uh, kind of bulked up their lineup. They got some yeah. bigger defensemen. You know, the addition of uh, Ken Belanger from the Sioux Thunderbirds, I really think that's going to pay a lot of dividends for the Eagles. I just like his game. Both He's a, he's a two-way player out there. And, you know, the Eagles, I don't think, will be pushed around. Not that they were pushed around last year, but I don't think teams are going to be more willing to push them around because they, this team, at least, again, I've only seen one game in seven minutes, which we'll talk about in a moment, but they, they, they seem to have a little more grit this season so far. The physicality, there's definitely last year's team. They started to get more physical as the season went on and they did it. They did a pretty good job of doing what they had to. Um, but no question. I, I think at this point in the game last year, they were a fast team. They were much, I think they were the fastest team in the, in the league by, by far. However, this year we've still got some of those kids, a few of the returners. They're still quick. They're still fast. Um, but the, the the size is there, and you can see, you know, provided they keep that size and that cut that that uh, that contact, you know, to a a gameplay level, and they don't get into into the penalty trouble. I think it's going to be really good. You know, you've got you've got some guys that can really go out there and 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 move some people around and make some space and, and create time and space. And as long as they can do that and stay quick, I think it's going to be great for them. Conditions weren't the greatest in Polar Stadium on Friday. Uh, the glass was fogged up. Uh, there was a lot of moisture even in our broadcast booth, but they were able to play the game. Then the temperatures rose a little bit on Saturday as the Eagles were scheduled to play French River. The game did get started, but when you and I got there, Rob, I mean, you literally almost needed a mop up in the press box, and I actually had to cover up some of my equipment, broadcast equipment, I should say, with paper towels because there was so much moisture dripping from the ceiling uh, and, and in the stands and on the ice, and there was lots of fog. And so the game was started, but uh, the game was delayed a few minutes. Uh, I think three or four minutes in, the Eagles did score a goal by Jack Mortson taking a one nothing lead, but the fog never went away, and it didn't seem like there was much happening that would have that fog go away. So the referee said, you know what, we're done here. Game suspended. Fans got their money back, and uh, the game will be played at a later time. But, you know, it, that building has seen pretty warm weather, and they were able to play those games. Just uh, from your perspective, what the heck happened on Saturday? You would say we were going to have all kinds of opinions, and everybody's going to have sure. you know, the, both sides of the fence. Um, in talking with several people, you know, you, you get that. I've gotten even today. I've gotten the several people. Well, it wasn't ever designed to to uh, you know have ice in this time of the season or these temperatures. And in all reality, it was built in '39. Yeah, so it was built in 1939 as a summer training camp for the for the Detroit 
Red Wings, <laughs> which summer training camp is summer. So it was absolutely built for these extremes and these and these temperatures. It's an older facility and it's and it needs it needs some TLC. There's no question. Um, there's exhaust fans up on the up on the roof that uh, two of them go out, two of them come in. Um, I think they're all linked together, which is unfortunate because if you could have just the outgoing, I think you'd you'd win the battle against the uh, humidity in there. But a lot of things that could be done or couldn't have been done. It, hopefully this coming Friday, it looks like we're on the, on the downside of the heat. We'll see some better, better conditions and then maybe they can get a few things figured out. And it was disappointing. I was really looking forward to see that game played. So it was disappointing. Yeah. As much as we were scrambling to get things on the air, uh, we, we had some issues on Friday night on the radio side. We had them all, all figured out and everything was good. And all of a sudden, but you know, it, it, it's a tough call because, you know, could you have played that game? Probably, you know, have the players skate around every couple yeah. minutes, but you know what? We might still be there. So I think maybe it wasn't the worst move. I, you know, certainly the fans were disappointed. The broadcasters were disappointed. I am sure the visiting team uh, was disappointed in some way, but you know, it's a, it's a safety measure. And if you got a lot of fog out there and it's hockey's a contact game, I, I think the right call was made. Yeah, you you don't want to have a kid come mid ice, you know, get hit mid ice because he can't see through it or comes out of it. Um, I did look back the last time that we had to had this scenario where I don't think it was it was about the same. I'm a, they had to skate yeah. circles. I, I wasn't looked, too long ago, was it? Uh, Before COVID, maybe five years. I don't okay, know. yeah. I, I, yeah. Looking at the video, anyways, it, it added about thirty six minutes to the game. So, I mean, which you and I both know that we've had that with a couple of scrums. And right, yeah. We had one yep. a few years ago where it was right down below us. And, uh, I mean, yeah, there are people, the, the Snapchats and everything. It was the VIP players. There was a pile of bodies. So, I mean, we've added 30 minutes to a game just sorting out penalties. But I think it was 36 or 37 minutes in total that that added. At, so, I mean, yeah, you're going to get more for your money potentially, or, you know, maybe it's going to, you know, prolong the beating depending upon which team you are. Right. But, uh, no, I mean, safety factors, I mean, safety is always the, the, the initial, that's what's the most important. And, uh, you know, not doing this potentially under those conditions, absolutely are the right call. Rob Horde joining us on the game, color commentator for Sioux Eagles Hockey here on News Talk 1400. The Eagles with one game this weekend. They'll be at home to Greater Sudbury, always an entertaining game. That one will start at 730. We'll have the pregame show right here at 715. Rob, you've been around the Eagles for quite some time. Of course, your son, Caleb, on the team. Uh, you volunteer for many things. And, and, you know, the Eagles are very fortunate to have a lot of people like you and, and, and John Bospis. And I'm going to forget everyone, so I'm not going to. Those are the two I can think off the top of my head. But what keeps you involved, uh, you know, coming to the rink, taking all this time out of your schedule to just, uh, you know, to help out this organization? Uh, just what what keeps you going? Years ago, you know, I mean, I actually, I think I mentioned it before. I went to the rink uh, 12 years ago, and I had delivered this this 95 or 100 pound box to Bruno. Had no idea what it was. Um, and in all reality, it was the big inflatable eagle. Oh, very good, yeah. And I kept carrying this thing in, and he comes running out. He, his hips were kind of you know shot at that point. Hey, do you want me to get somebody with a handcart? And I'm like, no, 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 I got this. I, I carried it in. I set it down, and he gave me a couple of tickets. So I brought the kids up and, and from there, I mean, it's history, but I started by, you know, taking a few pictures for them. They didn't have anybody involved doing that yet. And then it grew and grew with my, the responsibilities of, Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? It, it grew from there. But I also got involved in the youth hockey program as well. Um, when my son decided he wanted to start playing and it's, it's been just, it, it's been a real 
fun ride to watch the kids that we've that I've coached and helped and had others. I've got several guys from town that without them, the summer program that I ran would have never even taken off. To see these kids now get other opportunities, you know, right down to my son, who's had an opportunity now to be with the association the last couple of years. We've got a couple of kids that are playing right here at Lake State. Um, Katie Zimmerman is a, a prime example of of the hard work and the work ethic. And I mean, yeah. she's up there now playing with their girls team. Yep. And uh, it sounds like she's going to be a, a real asset. So that's awesome. One of the things the Eagles do very well, Rob, uh, since they became the Sioux Eagles, uh, you know, their owner, Ron Lavin, Bruno Braganolo, the coaches, is just connect with the community and do many events. Doug LaProd was on Coach's Corner with me on Saturday. I believe it's Thursday. They're helping out with the Families Against Narcotics, the yep. fan. They're yeah. having some sort of activity, I believe, that evening. You know, you see them at, you know, before COVID when they go in and, and read to elementary school children. You have elementary school night. You have Pink in the Rink weekend coming up here in a few weeks, military week. And so those are good things, I think, for a junior hockey team that's trying to compete in a pretty competitive sports market. You got division one college hockey, you got college basketball, you got lots of high school, you got lots of hockey. That's why they're able to get, I think, those fans, not just because of the hockey, but the way they connect with the community. When they go into an elementary school and hand out free tickets, that's that's the smartest thing you can do, because how are those kids going to get there? They're going to, parents are going to take them. Grandparents are going to take them. And so that's, that's just good marketing and just good way to run a, a an organization. We, I've, you're, for years now, because I've been involved with the fire department, we've always said, you know, as we need new equipment and things like that, you always cater to the kids because the kids, every child has two voting parents. You need a new fire truck. They have to vote. Um, I'm a firm believer in the same aspect here is every child has two purchasing parents. Right. So you're going to get tickets. You're going to get, you know, concessions. You're going to get uh, that jersey that they might want of their favorite player. Um, but yeah, no, they've, I mean, one of the biggest, you mentioned quite a few, one of the, I think the best forms of community involvement that I've seen with these kids is uh, when they, Christmas time, they yeah, got, they're up, up to Metal Avery Lodge. Center. In, Avery yep, Center. Yep, Metal Lodge. And uh, because the, you, we, as you and I both see, as we we run up and down the stairs to, to go to the bathroom or grab something, we see the uh, the older crowd coming in and those are the people that they're touching when they go out and they're, you know, they want to, they at least want to see these kids skate one time. So that's always nice to see those those folks show up, and it's I think that's some of the some of the best crowd. Final question for you, Rob, before we let you go. Just uh, you know, Suigo's obviously still a lot to play, but you know, looks like they have a good team, and this year it looks like could be very competitive uh, in both divisions. You have Espinola off to a good start. You know, the Thunderbirds are going to be up there. Blind River's always good. Sudbury's always good. It seems like many years we've had two, three, sometimes four teams. I think this year it could be a wild five-team race to see who finishes first, and that makes for better hockey for fans and certainly for broadcasters as well. You know, I've looked at several of the teams, and I've looked at some of the st- our early stats in, and and I think you, I, I think you're going to have four teams that that are fighting for that first and second place position, um, provided that the. Uh, the, this group stays on track. They can keep the discipline. Everybody stays healthy and stays on the ice. I think you're going to see the Eagles top one, two. That's where I think you'll, you'll see him at the end of it all. And I know that, that coaches has more than once said, you know, it's, it's great to be in that top one, two, but at the same time, it's always about the playoffs. Yeah. And you want to be healthy and they weren't that healthy right. going in the playoffs last so year. So that's, that's where you want to end up. So, yeah. And just, I wanted to, I was going to let you know before we got on air, um, no, no, we've got, uh, <laughs> we've got fans that are, that are, you know, what's going on. They're asking about the game, different things. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So tonight I had let several people know that we were going to be on air. 
Um, right down to, uh, we've got some of the parents that have asked, like, too many to list. Um, my oldest son, who's Idaho, he, Jacob, he's like, what you got going on there? And I'm like, hey, I'll send you the link. Take a listen. So you've got, uh, you've got at least seven states listening online tonight. Um, wow. Yeah. So you got Idaho, Minnesota, uh, downstate, several people that are out there listening tonight that are friends of, of what we got going on that have all listened in before seven states. I'm happy we have just seven listeners to be quite honest. But I think probably a few more than that. Potentially least, Canada so. too. So you may be internationally known, there, there but there you go. Like the, <laughs> Man like, of mystery, like Larry Pazabon, <laughs> Rob Horde joining us on the game. Rob, thanks for coming in. Uh, you'll be with me on Friday night on hockey TV and news talk 1400 as the Eagles <laughs> will take on at greater Sudbury Seven fifteen pregame show, Rob. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, we will talk to you on Friday. You as well, and I appreciate you having me in. Thank you, sir. We're going to take a break. We come back. We'll talk Sioux, Ontario sports with David McKeg Jr. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Welcome back to The Game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you, and joining us now, co-host of The Game here on News Talk 1400 and host of The Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, David McKay Jr. joining again, joining us once again on this Monday night. Dave, how are you doing today, sir? Scotty, my friend, I am doing great. Hello to the listeners as well. It's a Monday, you know. Everyone looks at Mondays as being the beginning of the week. Ah, it's Monday. But you know what? When I wake up on Mondays, despite knowing you're going to have a busy day at work, you know, by the end of the work day, that you get to tune into the game sports show. So you know what? All in all, it's a great day, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Dave. And uh, let's start locally with the Sioux Greyhounds. Uh, they'll end their exhibition season this upcoming Friday at Sudbury before opening up the regular season next weekend and next Friday and Saturday against North Bay at the GFL Memorial Gardens. Uh, Dave, we talked earlier about the NOJHL, which has already started. OHL uh, just about to start their regular season. Just give us a, a quick snapshot on the Sioux Greyhounds heading into the regular season opener. I'm liking what the Greyhounds did uh, this year. Some alterations. They had to make some moves on the coaching staff, obviously, with Tardiff and uh, Smitty uh, moving on to a bigger kind of levels in terms of hockey, of course, and coaching, which is great for them. Uh, but the Hounds are going to be a very tenacious team still. They're going to be exciting to watch. Uh, I are they are they a championship favorite caliber type team? I think that may be. Uh, a little bit remain to be seen, but they're going to be competitive. You know that the Hounds are going to be competitive. They have been competitive routinely uh, for the past decade or so. You know, they've been very slow uh, or very small amounts of seasons where they could have been quote-unquote disappointing or losing type seasons. So ultimately, I think we can expect a competitive team on the ice. They made some moves and made some recent commitments that are pretty attractive to where it's going to fill up the forward core and also the defensive core. Uh, I think the question mark is how the new coaching staff is going to work together and bring in the systems with the Greyhounds and how if it's going to change anything existing that was successful for them or what they're going to bring in to change. Uh, People may not look at it from a, a coaching perspective. They may look at it and say oh okay you know you got some new players in the team's gonna be more dynamic maybe a bit more faster but what does the coaching staff add it adds a whole whole bunch you know they got the players now that are buying in to their systems to their to their mindset how the game should be played in certain situations so it's going to be interesting to see obviously you know you got 
head coach that's returning, but you have two assistant coaches that are that are new uh, to the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, and it's I'm interested to see where that fits into the special teams and what kind of adapts are made and uh, kind of adjustments, sorry, that are made to make this team uh, still be competitive. That's where I am really attracted to is how the team is going to adapt to new coaching staff. But everyone should still be excited. Hockey's around the corner. Puck's about to drop. You know, the sad thing is, I mean, snow is going to be on the ground soon, which is my least favorite season, but hockey's my favorite sport. So that makes absolutely no sense. Uh, but at the end of the day, Exciting time, Scott. OHL around the corner, but the NHL is even is coming close as well. You know, I'm still waiting for a day that Patrick Kane gets traded if it's to Toronto or Colorado. Still waiting for some of that big news. But boy, do I like what Calgary did signing Sonny Milano to a, a professional tryout uh, contract. I feel like there's a guy that. Didn't really have it made for him in Columbus. He goes to Anaheim. He had some chemistry with Trevor Zegras. So I think Calgary's still going to be very competitive. That Battle of Alberta is going to be great to watch this year. Edmonton made some adjustments, obviously most notably in goal with Jack Campbell going there. And if you look at Toronto, you know, you got Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov there. So, you know, they got the goaltending that people have question marks about. Ottawa, everyone's really hyped about Ottawa. I'm reading a lot of media specialists saying that everyone is a little bit being too nice centers, meaning that they're overrated. I don't think so. I think this team is going to be terrific to watch, just like those Red Wings, and that Iser plan is coming up quickly. So I think in terms of if you're a team in the uh, in the uh, in that division, if you're Boston, Florida, Tampa, Toronto, if, is your window shrinking for winning? Maybe so. So it's going to be interesting how the season leads up, all the storylines, and as we get closer, we'll get more preview and review of that. Very nice transition into the NHL day. We'll talk more NHL next week as the exhibition games will begin. David McKeg Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, uh, just three weeks left in the regular season in Major League Baseball. We're going to talk more about baseball as a whole coming up with Butch Davis an hour or two. But let's look at where the Blue Jays are at right now. Toronto winning two out of three at home against Baltimore. Uh, looks like they're going to make the wild card. Uh, right now, Toronto real close with Tampa slightly behind them. Seattle two games back. Baltimore four and a half games back. And it's a new playoff format this year, Dave. Uh, no longer you have the wild card game, but now you have brackets and seating and a wild card series. So just real quick, the top two teams in the American league of the division winners they get a buy four plays five that would right now be toronto would be taking on tampa that a best of three series at the lower seated spot so that would be all games in toronto and then three versus six would be the worst division winner which would be cleveland taking on the worst wild card team which would be seattle the winner of that one would take on houston so my question is dave if you're doing a little inside baseball do the jays want to play tampa and then potentially Houston? Or do they want to follow that sixth seed and play a Cleveland team that has the worst record of any of them, and then a Yankees team that maybe isn't as strong as they looked a few months ago? Overall, your thoughts on the Blue Jays and my hypothesis for the Blue Jays tanking to get an easier bracket to the championship? <laughs> oh, that's a great way to put it. You know what, honestly, Scott, you know, the I want to, I don't like using hockey as an example that much for a lot of things, but at the end of the day, I will for this because remember everyone talked about the Toronto Maple Leafs and how, uh, they, you know, maybe they shouldn't want to play Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. Maybe you right. should want to down to crossover or, you know, and you can refer to any other sport, but it's hockey that comes to mind right now because, of course, you know, that's what's fresh on my mind pretty often. Uh, with the Blue Jays, though, I think you got to play each game like you would play it 
And if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. Right. You take these games coming in, and I know this is probably the clichéest answer that I give, but you go to every game and you just play it like it's a playoff game. You game from here on out because that's basically what it is. Now, to make it interesting for the listeners, you want me to get into the to hypotheticals? Yeah. I, I think if I was the Toronto Blue Jays, I would maybe be looking at, you know, uh, maybe some guys need a rest and you want to match up against Cleveland uh, and then look at the New York Yankees. But there's some interesting points about Cleveland Indians that I want to point out. They got the best closer in the American League right now. And yes, I said the best closer. Everyone's going to wonder why. Wait, Jordan Romano, Dave, Canadian. Listen, I'm a big Romano fan. He's my favorite closer in the game, biased reasons. But right now when I watch Emil Classe pitch for the Indians, I see visions of very many superstar players that I've watched, just like Romano. I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't want to get into the ninth inning against Romano. Memorial's lot yesterday that got into the king of the save, as he calls them, the Mary Browns commercials in Toronto, uh, saying, good save, Romano. Well, good blown save yesterday, Romano. That was perfect. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I don't really but I think if you are a Toronto and a Toronto fan, yeah, you want to wait to when you want to wait, uh, rest some guys and maybe try to quote unquote tank uh, and play the Cleveland Indians in the first round. I think Cleveland Guardians. My apologies, sincerest apologies. The Cleveland Guardians in the because the Guardians uh, are a weaker team than perhaps uh, the, the the Houston Astros, of course. But ultimately, are they weaker than Tampa Bay? Maybe. You look at differences there. I think the Cleveland Guardians have a better uh, have a better bullpen, uh, but when it comes to starting pitching, I think Tampa Bay has got the knock on that. So, either way, if you don't play Tampa Bay in that first round, you're looking at playing Seattle. If it's Tampa that drops down to six, I don't think anyone wants to play Seattle right now because they can get real streaky. Matter if you play Tampa or it doesn't matter if you play Seattle on the wild card. After that, you get the Houston Astros, and there's a team that knows how to win ball games and they find ways to win. The best place, best case scenario would be to play the Cleveland Guardians and then move on to play the Yankees, a team that you know how to beat and you have a lot of success in the Bronx. And then you can move on to play Houston in that final divisional series where you can have your challenge. But I'm also a fan, Scott, of working your butt off to get there. And yep. I've said about the Leafs in Tampa Bay. It obviously didn't work out in the favor of Toronto. It never usually works out, especially if you're a Toronto fan. But play every game like it's a playoff game right now, and who cares where you end up? Just win the games and be consistent on the mound and at the at-bats. Be the team that you know you could be. If that's me, if I'm the Blue Jays. But, hey, hypotheticals, yeah, let's tank so we play the Guardians instead. Dave, before we let you go, what's ahead for you and your crew with the Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario? I know you have In the Pocket going again, Season 6. You've already had a couple editions of that. What's on deck for the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario? You know, they, of course, we got In the Pocket on Wednesday, as you t- touched on there, Scotty. That will be on Wednesday. That recording should be by the evening of Wednesday or uh, the latest Thursday. But we do have planned to have a strike zone edition this week. Myself and Connor Henderson, we're looking more towards the weekend when it comes to that. And we're going to have a special edition upload uh, this week as well, and it will be with Nate Prosser, former Minnesota Wild uh, defenseman. That will be up on all platforms. Very excited about that. And you know what? Just to tease, I want to see people remember this. We've got a couple recordings. 
recordings of special edition uploads this week, but they won't be uploaded until the usual later time. And a couple of those uploads are with Kelly Rudy and also John Morasti. So we got a couple of good additions that are already recorded and that we are recording. So the special editions where people have been asking, how come we've been waiting to upload them? Trust me, there's a reason. And we got a lot of delicious content coming. That's the word I want to use, Scott. Delicious content coming with the special edition. But we got in the pocket this week, Strike Zone edition, and we will have a special edition upload with Nate Prosser this week. I'll look forward to listening to that, Dave, because of the four of the usual uh, contributors. You also have Jamie Antonello. All your team's lost yesterday, but Tyler's the Detroit Lions. I can't wait to hear what EJ has to say about his Cleveland Browns up 13 points with less than two minutes left, and they lose to the New York Jets at home? (laughs) I love it. I love it. You know what? I honestly love it. I love seeing the Lions win. I have a a soft spot for the Lions, Scotty, so I think EJ is going to be quite fired up this week, as will Justin Heichel, the Indianapolis Colts. I think he might be a little... More sour. He might be a little bit more sour because losing to Jacksonville, it's going to be great this week. I might not be able to do the usual talking that I do. I might have to give the mic over to Hike and EJ because they're going to be doing a lot of venting and some counseling going to be needed on that edition. Absolutely. Getting shut out by Jacksonville, never a good thing. Dave McKay Jr. joining (laughs) us on the game. Dave, as always, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next Monday for our next edition of the game here on News Talk 1400. Sounds good, Scott. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We'll be joined by Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Co-host Butch Davis joining us on The Game. And, Butch, let's move on to the National Football League and the Detroit Lions. Big game at Ford Field on Sunday as the Lions, they're back to 500 after jumping out to a big lead on Sunday at home against the Washington Commanders and hanging on to secure a 36-27 to victory. The Lions came out like gangbusters in that first half as they led 22 to nothing. Uh, defense looked great. Offense looked great. And then uh, got a little challenging there to start the second half. Washington would trim the lead to 22-15, to but they would never get the lead. The Lions seemed to always have an answer. Washington got as close as 36-27 to in the final two minutes of the game, but they missed the extra point. They went for two uh, on the touchdown before that, which I thought was kind of strange. Uh, so the Lions were able to recover the onside kick and hang on from there. Butch, uh, you were there. Uh, certainly, uh, we saw lots of good things with the Detroit Lions, uh, some uh, maybe not so good things, but they needed a W, and they got it on Sunday. Well, a win's a win. Yep. You can't complain. You know, that's what people want to see, regardless of the outcome and how close it was there. Uh, give you some facts and figures there. Jeff Goff, 20 of 34 for 256 yards. Armand Ra, uh, uh, St. Brown. He made up for a lot of differences in the first game there. Nine catches for 116. Also in yardage on the ground. Because yeah. he ran it a couple of times at 68 yards there. So give or take. My man had about a good, uh, almost 180 yards of total offense on his, on his back there. Now, DeAndre Swift didn't play a lot. He took the ball <laughs> five times for 56 yards. However, he busted out on what a fifty yarder in the in the lateral part of the game there to get the Lions started ridiculously there. Uh, there were some good things that came out of this particular game. The bad point is is that when you get the second half, Lions scored twenty two 
And then the commander scored 25, yep. no, 27, okay, in the second half alone. That's a squeeze, but the Lions did themselves proud in the third and fourth quarter when they scored a touchdown apiece to kind of cancel that out. I think that was a big difference in the game when the offense stepped up there. The defense is going to have to do a better job and play a whole game. They have not done that since the season has started there. Sometimes, uh, in this case, they came off very good second half, floated, and basically, you know, at, at the last portion there, uh, tried to save the game there. Again, if the offense has not scored those seven points in the third and fourth quarter, uh, we'd be talking a different thing. But a win is a win. Aiden Hutchison. Mm. Showed us behind two. Okay? Yes, he did. Let's not uh, take away from that. Three sacks, five, no, six tackles, five of them are solo. The, the guy, he came to play. Daniel Skipper. Remember that name? The journeyman. He has been flushed down the toilet so many times, it's ridiculous. Matter of fact, the Lions cut him. Yeah. Cut him. Threw him on the street. Okay? However, the. Daniel said, hey, look, what can I do to stay on the team? They put him on the practice squad. And then the first game happened, and the Lions are in deep, deep do. And the guy worked his behind off, and, you know, doing the practice, and lo and behold, he gets to start the game, and he plays his rear end off here. You know, and those are the things I think I look at where it motivates a team to do better, especially when there's these unsung heroes that basically right now maybe should have made the team or has been, you know, put to the fire hose or to the fire hydrant a lot of times from many teams. He's probably signed about 20 contracts in his livelihood for about six years' worth of playing football. But, again, you look at that, Again, a win is a win. Lions need to clean up a lot of stuff, especially on defense right now. Defense can play a lot better. But, again, what I did like and what I did see was some camaraderie in these young individuals coming in there and doing better. They all looked terrible the first game, and they got better, all of them, the second game there. Even the ones who couldn't play half the doggone game or any three-fourths of it, which was uh, DeAndre Swift. You know, he he chipped in. You know, it was a good game. Very good game indeed. It was a good game, Butch, and we're up against our top-of-the-hour break. And uh, we come back, we will start Hour 2. I'll give my thoughts on some of the things that I saw in the Lions' victory. And we'll look around the NFL and talk about all sorts of more sports, all coming up in one minute on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Now's the time of the year to get more for your money on a new Mahindra, the world's number one selling farm tractor. Enjoy 0% financing on select Mahindra tractors. That's more for less on Mahindra's best-selling models. We deliver more lift, better fuel efficiency, and more built-in weight. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales. Come on in and test drive a new Mahindra today. And remember, we also carry a full line of Boss Plows, Cub Cadet, Woods Implements, Xmark Mowers, Echo Power Equipment, and Doolittle Trailers. 
Give us a call today at 906-478-3026. And remember, I-75, exit 373 in Rudyard for the best service in the EUP. Let's get to the second half of the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. Welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. We're continuing to talk about the Lions' victory over the Washington Commanders on Sunday at Ford Field as the Lions win by the score of 36-27. to Butch just give, gave his take, and I wanted to kind of add to a lot of what he said and some of the things that I liked from yesterday's game. I, I really like the aggressiveness of the offense. And especially Jared Goff, he averaged seven completed air yards per attempt, which is something that he has not done much. Obviously, he threw four touchdowns. The Lions score 35 points. They've scored at least 35 points in three straight games. Of course, that goes back to last year. The longest current streak in the NFL and the longest streak for the Lions since 1952 and 1953. So it's been a very long time for that. I really like the play of DeAndre Swift yesterday. You no, he wasn't healthy. He didn't get in the lineup much. But this guy, I think, is is one of those potential special guys, especially with the offensive line, you know, three starters that weren't in there, Butch. And uh, you mentioned Mr. Skipper, uh, next man up scenario. This is a guy that's been, like you said, bounced around the league. And uh, he played very well. I mean, that wasn't a perfect game for the offensive line. Uh, Goff was pressured quite often. But having three starters out, I think the offensive line played very well. Uh, you mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, this guy, fourth-round draft pick, uh, he is doing Doing well. Eight straight game where he's caught at least eight passes. That matches the NFL record set by Michael Thomas and Antonio Brown. He also had two touchdown passes, and you mentioned that uh, scamper. And on the defense, it wasn't perfect, but I did like, uh, how could you not like the play of the number two draft pick, Aiden Hutchinson, getting those three first half sacks and just a, a player that you just can't help but root for, uh, you know, especially getting the crowd all fired up. And I also thought uh, kind of one of the surprises to me, Butch, and, and a guy that I hasn't thought has played maybe great football on the linebacker is Alex Anzalone. He had a very good game and uh, Malcolm Rodriguez uh, continues to do well. Uh, this is a sixth-round rookie pick. Uh, he tied for the team lead with eight tackles. Uh, special teams were good. I thought the coaching uh, was good. Uh, aggressive, uh, maybe not perfect, but all in all, a win's a win, Butch, and the Lions certainly need it, and Lions fans will take it. Well, <clears throat> I think the offense did doggone good. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, key figures that I always pitch a connection about, and they did very well, the team rushed 24 times. They gained 191 yards. That's an 8.0 average on the ground. Okay? you That's what, I, you know, the balance of what the offensive line had to do has a huge effect on how Jeff Gall could do his thing. Yes, sir, he was pressured. But, again, the line was not worn out to a no, not one. They were more or less, again, when you run the ball, you're punishing people and whatnot. So when you come up there and have to 
take care of your quarterback and whatnot, you got a little bit more than the offense, defensive line there. So I think that was a big key. Again, they're going to clean some things up here. I think the defensive backs and safeties have to do a better job of playing as a team. And they that means the communication back there needs to be taken care of quick, fast, in a hurry. Or, again, go to the practice squad and pull somebody out the hat who want to do the job here. Because right now, people want to see wins. They don't want to see no more losses. That The atmosphere from beginning to end is a huge difference for when they lose a game, especially at home. That was going to be my next question, Butch. The atmosphere, at least on the television set, watching it up here, uh, I mean, how could the fans not get in the game the way the Lions started? It just seemed like they were buzzed from the beginning to the end. Well, it was a game that, number one, I said last week, they better win this game or they got a lot of problems. And myself personally, it was no doubt that – the Lions should beat Washington. Now, you know, regardless of the spread and all the other stuff, and you know, before after that happened, you know, neither here nor there. The, the fans was they knew in their hearts that they should be able to whip Washington, and they did that. Well, again, some suspense was there. Yes, it was, and you know that meant people had to rush and get that beer before they shut them off in the fourth quarter. But you know. It, the, the the atmosphere was lively. You didn't see people walking out the building. Everybody stayed. It was just it was something. Then when you walked out in the street, that's the big difference of the positivity that flows when you when you're feeling good instead of you know you bringing your kids along, you're dragging them to the car where you have to walk five <laughs> miles to a parking space where you parked it. You and know, paid fifty dollars. Butch, uh, the Lions' next opponent, Minnesota, will be in action tonight. A double dip, a double feature on Monday Night Football. Vikings will be at the Eagles tonight at 8.30. Just about to kick off in Buffalo, Tennessee at Buffalo Lions. Again, in Minnesota next Sunday. We'll have that game over on our sister station, Oldies 93, starting with the pregame show at 11 o'clock. Butch, let's look around the NFL. Let's start with the night game last night. Uh, The uh, rumors of the Packers' demise uh, was a little more exaggerated at Lambeau Field last night as the Packers knock off the Chicago Bears by the score of 27 to 10. It certainly helped having one of their better receivers in in Lazard, but you kind of knew the Packers were going to rebound, I think, in this one, Butch. A pretty, I wouldn't say dominating performance, but really they were never in doubt in that one. Green Bay uh, looked like Green Bay last night. They sucked it up. You yep. know, Green Bay... Uh... Green Bay is going to take a minute here for things to get on sync. And it's all depending on the patience of uh, of Rodgers there, who basically, again, you know, they took care of business with Chicago. But I don't think Rodgers is happy that, you know, some of the things he's going through right now is is a bump in the road. Because, again, you got a lot of very young kids there. And I think he has faith in them. But, again, I think his expectations of them being consistent versus what he's had in the past is going to be a patient-seeking thing for Aaron Rodgers there. If he's patient and he works those kids to the point of where they're doing the things that he's had other receivers do in the past, he'll be all right. Green Bay will be all right. They haven't lost a beat 
And you look at how Green Bay did it, Butch, rushing. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, 23 touches, 167 yards. That's how you win football games, not having to worry about uh, getting some of those receivers maybe that Rodgers isn't familiar with and such. Look at some of the late games, Butch. Uh, Boy, a lot of comebacks yesterday. Arizona, they pull one out of the fire at Las Vegas. It looked like... Much like a few games we're going to talk about, the Cardinals were dead and buried. Uh, Vegas with a big lead, and uh, it was all Mr. Murray. Kyler Murray uh, would tie it, and uh, the Cardinals would get a turnover in overtime to beat Arizona. Certainly, uh, again, we're going to talk more about this throughout the NFL recap. Uh, Arizona, they pulled it out of the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at some of the other late games, Butch, uh, Dallas, uh, you know, everyone thought that, oh boy, no Dak Prescott, but Cooper Rush uh, did what he needed to do as they knock off Cincinnati 20 to 17, Denver over Houston 16 to 9 in uh, one of the other late games, and San Francisco, they end up beating Seattle 27 to 7, Butch, but they lose Trey Lance for the season. He has a right ankle injury. He had his surgery today, and it's probably a good thing, Butch. We talked about this last week that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't get too far out of the Bay Area because they're going to need him now. Any thoughts on any of those games? Yeah, no thoughts at all here. Uh, <laughs> to me, the, big, the best game yesterday, and you mentioned a whole hell of a lot of a good games, was Miami. Wasn't that, that something? Was the game. They, I mean, Miami came back and put a whooping on Baltimore, who had them by a significant amount of points there. And <laughs> uh, the the crew that they have in Miami did not did not waver with a doggone. They did all their business in the four, in the fourth quarter. In a matter of like five minutes, they scored twenty something points. Yeah. Uh, they they clowned on, on Baltimore. I know they – and let me tell you something. Jackson was good in that game. I mean, he rushed for a long touchdown. Uh, I mean, uh, Baltimore was clowning in the beginning of the game. I was looking at that while I was watching the lines and whatnot. And uh, Miami coming back like they did, they – a lot of little things on that on that particular team. So uh, please watch out for Miami because they they, they they seem like they have no quit at all there. But to me, that was the best game yesterday. There, no Not question. All those other games that I did get to take a whiff at, including uh, the Raiders game there. Murray, like I said, he's worth every dime that they're paying him now, and then some. He. He showed why he's he's worth a dime, and 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 let me say this: I think the head coach is going to have to be patient with him and whatnot. There, you can see some diversion with the head coach and him on far as them being on the page, same page and whatnot. And you saw that I saw that in the game. You can see body language all around, but again, uh, overly that can get overcome throughout the season. There, if they do, I think they'll be a, a very, very competitive team, especially going into the playoffs. No question, Butch. The game of the day was in Baltimore. Miami beats Baltimore, forty-two to thirty-eight. Tua Tagovailoa. 
can never say his last name, so I just call him Tua. Six touchdown passes, 469 yards, roll tied. Two of them to Jalen Waddle, roll tied. And, of course, Tyreek Hill, certainly a good addition there. Uh, was the biggest uh, blown lead in uh, Ravens franchise history. They did have a pretty banged-up defense, but, boy, Miami, watch out for them. They looked good. Uh, some of the other ge- early games, Butch, yesterday we have – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers knocking off New Orleans 20 to 10. That one got a little heated towards the end of the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and how about this one, Butch? The New York Jets, they were down 13 points with less than two minutes remaining. Cleveland had the ball, and Nick Chubb ended up going in and scoring a touchdown when what he should have done was just slide down because Cleveland could have ran out the clock. The Jets didn't have timeouts. Instead, the Jets get two timeouts, rather two touchdowns late and knock off Cleveland 31 to 30. That one, Butch, was a shocker. Uh, you know, they got a pretty good quarterback who has some experience there. Let's not shut him out the deal. He had a lot to do with that comeback there. Oh, with, yeah. With the Jets there, per se. They didn't have that particular type of demeanor as a for a quarterback. I don't think the Jets win. It would make no difference. Uh, a buddy over there in Espinaga. <laughs> beside yourself, I'm quite sure, and I know he's going on radio this week and really <laughs> express himself the way he should here. Oh, he will. <laughs> you know he will. <laughs> the New York... The Lions won. Oh, yep. boy. Yeah. The... Uh, you know, this is a good week. Okay? It is. How, how about the Giants? It's only Monday, too. I know. How about the Giants, Butch? Let's talk about the Tigers here. We, we, will, we will momentarily. Butch, the New York football Giants 2-0, a bit of a surprise as they knock off Carolina 19-16, New England over Pittsburgh 17-14. The Rams hang on to beat Atlanta 31-27. And how about this one, Butch? Jacksonville 24, Indianapolis nothing. Are, are they wanting Carson Wentz back? Because Matt Ryan in his first two starts, not so good. That, that I guess Jacksonville winning the game didn't surprise me, but Indianapolis getting shutting out, shut out rather, certainly did. Uh, Indianapolis got some problems. Woo! And Frank Resch, uh, my man there, he needs to clean that up quick, fast, in a hurry. And I, you know, I think he's the type of coach that could do so, but that means there's going to have to be some player changes and some and some things with Ryan again. Those two being on the same page with the offensive coordinator and getting some of the work done, they got some tremendous good backs, okay? And they're not doing some of the things that they have done in the past, which is, again, run the ball and let the running uh, present itself with the play-action pass and the stuff there. And Ryan, as we know his background, he's come from Atlanta where he's about – Throw the ball 99 times. Right. And, you know, it yep. was all right because they did have the receivers. And at one time, they was a fair team just passing the ball and not have to run it. But, again, they still had a running back that would kind of flow and give Ryan the, 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 the respect that he could get re- reserved from his offensive line there. But uh, I – I think Indianapolis is a better team. Me, to me, they're a better team than Jacksonville. 
Butch, two games tonight, uh, just kicking off in Buffalo, Tennessee, and the Bills, and then later on at 8.30, Philadelphia, Minnesota. And not, not a bad Monday night uh, doubleheader. Yeah, and I won't see half of it there. I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Get my rush here. Yeah. You don't catch me off guard. <laughs> but uh, some good games. You know, you know, it's early in the season. It is. That's, I think that's. That's the big thing. It's early in the season. There's no telling what's going to go on. And I see a whole lot going on. And I see, again, we see teams like Jacksonville. We see teams like uh, New York, the Jets, yep, that is, yep. and the Giants, who have not lost the game here, okay, do very, very well. And right now, you know, again, it's early. We're basically uh, – there are going to be some changes made, and they're going to be made quick, fast, and in a hurry. Again, looking at Dallas and the quarterback they had, they called a game uh, specified for him, uh, Russ that was, and did a doggone good job. So, again, a team like Dallas who has some great personnel and whatnot there, if they can get everybody on the same page and, and do the things that they need to do, I think they're rushing um, – Prowlers for Dallas, that is, is good, and they're going to make a decision if they're going to continue to do what they're doing with uh, Mr. Number 21 or play Pollard a lot more. Because Pollard shows me that right now he is a dangerous man. Catching the ball as well as running. Yes, he is. Butch, we're going to take a break. When you and I come back, we will move on to college football and more. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Central Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. With nine locations to serve you, they're everywhere you need them to be. Account options such as checking, savings, and retirement accounts. Apply online for personal, home, and business loans. Enjoy conveniences like online banking, CSB Loan Pay Express, instant issue debit cards, mobile wallet, and remote deposit capture. Central Savings Bank has all the convenience you need and want in today's fast-paced world. Visit one of their nine locations, see their helpful smiling faces, and get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. Jeep Adventure Days are on all September long at O'Connor's of Pickford. Ultra-low mileage leases have the payments you love, and O'Connor's has the Jeeps you crave, like a new 2022 Jeep Gladiator Latitude. Your good credit can put you in that Jeep Gladiator Latitude on a 39-month ultra-low mile lease for just $408 a month plus tax and only $39.95 due at signing. Jeep Adventure Days, when the folks at O'Connor's of Pickford are waiting to put you in the Jeep you love. 
Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. 719 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, let's move on to college football. Michigan and Michigan State both in action this weekend, including uh, some Mac schools, which we'll talk about as well. Let's start with the Spartans. Ugh. Anytime they go out west for a regular season game, uh, doesn't usually bode well for Sparty. As Michigan State now 2-1 and one on the season, they lost its 14th straight West Coast regular season game, dating back to 1957, as it was a former Big Ten quarterback and Michael Penix Jr. Uh, ripping apart a Still weak secondary for Michigan State and defense overall. Penix throws for almost 400 yards, four touchdowns. State did make it a little interesting at the end, but they fall to Washington at 39 to 28. Michigan State will host Minnesota on Saturday. And Michigan, well, let's just say, Butch, they had it pretty easy. They knocked off UConn 59 to nothing. How easy was this game, you ask? Michigan used eight different quarterbacks. In that game, if you can believe that, Michigan might get tested a little bit more this week as they will host Maryland on Saturday. Our good friend Paul Van Wagner, Butch, is making the trek to that game. Uh, just your thoughts on uh, Michigan and Michigan State this weekend, Butch, before we get to some of the Mac schools and uh, one uh, pretty big surprise. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> you lambasted Michigan State here. Yeah, that defense is terrible. They're terrible. Respecting the Come on. They're that fine team. Who got their rear end kicked so many times going to the West Coast. You would think they have to do something different in order to kind of, you know, don't, the storm there, but, don't schedule those games. <laughs> well, Schedule the game, but go out there and ready to whoop somebody's behind and whatnot. Because obviously, there is not fair well, and how their preparation is, I have no idea. But that was a whooping, you know. And again, Michigan State scored twenty eight points, so it's you know the segments of how the points were scored and whatnot. There, I think, was the big difference as well. Washington. Kind of had their way in that particular game, per se, there. Michigan State had to kind of, you know, dump from behind there. As far as the University of Michigan is concerned, there, that was a joke there. <laughs> if you tend to one here, you know, we can all do better than that. But again, the real season happens when, you know, they lost a quarterback, matter of fact, in this particular game as well, Michigan, University of Michigan. Right. So hope that don't come to bite them because, again, Two good quarterbacks is better than uh, a whole lot of stuff in between there if something else happens to the quarterback of their desire right now there. Um, it's pretty weird, pretty weird there. This, this week of football was a joke. Ohio State playing Toledo. Yep. What, what, what's up with that? <laughs> you know, and no, no disrespect. To our Toledo fans who listen to Butch on Sports, a lot of them do. <laughs> but here's the deal here on on this particular one: Why can't Ohio State come to Toledo? Right. You know, I'm quite sure this is not the first time though Toledo had to go to Columbus. Uh, it's got to be a flip here sooner or later here. You know, and I don't know. I don't understand the scheduling and whatnot. But again, this is. 
college football. Who am I, huh? (laughs) You're Butch Davis. Beating BYU. Yes. Isn't that a trip? How about that? Career end kick to a no, not one by what Georgia? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I and they were right. This was the cracked up part. You know that no disrespect to Oregon's my team. Here's the deal. They only won. They had a one-on-one type of record there, okay? And they were ranked 25th. Yeah. How? Oh, after you get your <laughs> I mean, they had no fellas when they left out of Georgia. Man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> to a crispy golden brown here. You know, and, <laughs> and I couldn't understand it. But now they're ranked number 12. Yeah. Move, okay, they're, moving they're, on up. Yeah, you know, by beating BYU, which, again, no disrespect to BYU, a very formidable team. But, uh, again, uh, I'm just telling you, you know, my observation of how the NCAA Division One, okay, do do their business here, man, and I, I don't know what the enthusiasm come from me there. How about Western Michigan getting their rear and kicked in by Pittsburgh? That game was close in the fourth, but then uh, Pittsburgh rolled. How about Eastern Michigan, Butch, going out to Arizona State, knocking off the uh, Sun Devils 30-21 to and uh, knocking out Herm Edwards as head coach. He was fired. Herbie had to go and split. Look, we can fire you or you can quit. <laughs> and they said, you know, at the first, when I heard the news, it was an admirable agreement, you know, being that uh, he walked out and got whatever else they had coming to him and leave town by sundown. But then they say he got fired and stuff there. So, again, <laughs> Christmas around the world here, boys and girls. <laughs> Central Michigan checked out Bucknell. Yep. Like we really care. And, and Butch, Notre Dame got a winner. Our good friend Dave Watson yeah, is very happy, man. How about that? They're dancing in that town right now here, man, because you know what? If they had known the day that lost, we would not hear the end of that. They probably would have fired the coach. I I think so, Butch, indeed. Butch, uh, moving on to uh, Major League Baseball, uh, there is some uh, news out of the Detroit Tigers camp. As soon as I get it here, uh, the uh, Tigers have a new uh, president of baseball operations uh, as uh, A.J. Hinch and uh, staff will have a new person to deal with. His man is Giants Scott Harris. He was named as the president of baseball operations for the Tigers by the team. Uh, There were some rumors earlier, but the Tigers (laughs) confirmed it. Uh, Harris, 36 years old, had been the general manager of the Giants for three seasons after serving multiple roles in the Cubs baseball organization uh, for seven years under Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer. Butch, the Tigers got their guy. Your thoughts? Uh, My thoughts? They got somebody that I do believe at 36 years old, who I guess when they talked to this guy said, these are the people we have in our organization right now. How can you harness these young men? Because they're going to lose a lot, okay? And I think the thing about this whole situation is, number one, they're going to retain A.J. Hinch. Okay, that's a big, big if. And right now, if, and I'm saying there's a big if when they have a conversation, which is A.J. Hinch and, this, and, and Scott, and they get together and say, well, this is going to work for me and that's going to work for me, and they can agree 
how things should be run off. It's no secret the Tigers have a very bombastic type of lineup, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's been that way for five years. And when you're building, you're supposed to see progress. And instead of progress for the Detroit Tigers, we're seeing a lot of decline. And that should not be if you're doing the thing that you promised that you were told you told the general public that we want to rebuild from our farm system, which I think they have done a very good job of. My problem is, is there are players right now in that farm system who deserve to have an opportunity in the major league versus them spending a whole heck of a lot of money on someone named Javier Baez, and I'm using him as an example. Good example. It gives them absolutely nothing, okay? Nothing of the expectations that the Tigers put on him or he brought to the table in order to do right. We're talking about a guy who basically can easily hit 25 home runs, have 100 RBIs, have a stellar type of glove at shortstop. And these are the things he's done in the past, and he has not produced that for the Detroit Tigers. Matter of fact, we look like we got gypped, okay, (laughs) in the whole situation. And uh, Rodriguez, those things happen. I think maybe that might be uh, a ghost in the wind, okay, when it comes down to this guy getting better or showing his dedication of being with the Tigers. But right now, there's got to be some, 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 some culture changes for the Tigers and how they do business. And right now, those young kids are winning people over, and they have deserved that. And again, I'm, I'm going to mention this whole part, and this has a lot to do with Scott and how you look at loyalty here. When you look at Eric Haas, okay, and when they brought him into the picture, and matter of fact, we had him on our show, I think, uh, six months before he hit the field for the Detroit Tigers right. there. And he showed, you know, not so much scrappiness, but some humbleness there that this is where he wanted to be. And he showed his oats that particular year at school, over 27 home runs, over 70-something RBIs. It was not expected of him to have that. But the opportunity was given, and he took advantage of it. And the only way this team showed their loyalty, and I don't mean no harm to talk about her heart or whatever his name is there, but he hasn't given this, this team nothing. You know, he has shown some defensive prowess, true enough, that I do believe Eric Hoff can be a better catcher defensively. But showing their respect for what he did the year before, it, it there's no reason he should not have been able to start. But you know, as a reward, yep. You show loyalty to players, you get a lot more from that. But when you want to flip and dip, and this player you're sitting on the bench, this player you do this and that, they don't get uh, two minutes of air to breathe because this player that you pay X amount of millions of dollars for, you already disrespected the players below that average of, of money, okay? When they're working their behind off and the only thing they see is absolutely nothing. A culture has to be changed of loyalty toward the Detroit Tigers. Uh, there's no reason why the Tigers, again, don't involve people like the Lance Parishes, the Allen Trambles, who are, you know, available people. Jim Leland is a consultant with the team, and I think the Tigers greatly consider 
putting him somewhere where he has a humongous say in the general managership of Detroit Tigers, and that would kind of clear everything to be copacetic. I think the Tigers have to show that they can be a competitive team next year, and I think this is the reason they got this guy there. Well said, Butch. We're going to take our top of the hour or bottom of the hour break. When Butch and I come back, we'll look around Major League Baseball and whatever else we can fit in in the remaining 29 minutes. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game. News Talk 1400. Reed Metals in Tafter is your honest metal recycling business. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Reed Metals buys heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, lead-based batteries, rims and motors, copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, sheet iron, and many more types of metals. Reed Metals is still paying top dollar for scrap vehicles, and they also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com. Reed Metals, conveniently located only 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Mow, dig, haul, lift. The versatile Kubota BX Series subcompact tractor does it all. Switching attachments is simple, and a smooth hydrostatic transmission makes for easy operation. The Kubota BX Series, rated number one in durability and owner experience. Talk to your local Kubota dealer today to schedule a demo. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Skinners of Pickford, your tractor source in the north. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Are you looking to get fit or maybe just stay in shape? The All-in-One Fitness Club can help you with all your fitness wants and needs. Their great facility is fully equipped with locker rooms, saunas, and the best cardio equipment, along with the best plate-loaded and cable equipment around. The All-in-One Fitness Club also offers great deals for seniors, students, state, and federal employees, all with no yearly contract and no hidden fees. Wow! Come join today. Upstairs at the Big Bear Arena, where you'll achieve all your fitness goals. For more information on ours and more, go to SuitTribeHealth.com. You can catch podcasts of the game at TheGameSportsShow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 7.34 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. The Detroit Tigers in action as we speak, leading at Baltimore one to nothing. Tigers 55-91 and on the season after losing two of three at home to the Chicago White Sox on pace for 101 losses with 16 games remaining. Butch, uh, looking around Major League Baseball, uh, 
it appears that the uh, six teams in the American League are set. Houston, the Yankees, uh, both with sizable leads in their division. Cleveland still has some work to do. They lead Chicago by four and Minnesota by seven. Wildcard teams, Toronto, Tampa, and Seattle, uh, all separated by two games. Baltimore, four games back. In the National League, uh, Mets are in a very good race with Atlanta. Currently, the Mets one game up on the Braves. St. Louis still leading Milwaukee by eight games in the Central, and while the Dodgers have wrapped up their division quite a, a little while ago. Wild card teams in the National League right now, Atlanta, San Diego, and Philadelphia with Milwaukee, the only other team with a shot with two games. Now, it's a little different with the playoffs this year, Butch. We don't have a wild card game. We have a wild card series. How it's set up, it's bracket play, six teams in each uh, division. You have uh, the first two division winners with the best records receiving a buy into the divisional series. And then you have the third team, which is the division winner with the worst record taking on the wild card team with the worst record. And then the two wild card teams with the best record will play each other. And there you have it. That's your playoff picture. I hope I didn't muddle it anymore, Butch. Uh, just your thoughts on major league baseball overall. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's crappy. Give them a three out of two out of three series there. Everybody, everybody will be happy. Shoot both teams, you know, Maybe get a home game in there. Who knows? But uh, come on, this, that sucks. But anyway, oh, the Tigers are winning one to nothing. They are. They are. What a kid! What? Hey, you know, let's breathe deeply, boys and girls. The Yankees. Let's start with them. Aaron Judge. Wow. You know, two more. No, yes, two more home runs. Fifty-nine. Yep. Yep. And he can. Uh, he can be famous. Three more, and he could be the champ. American you League, know, yep. Wait for New York to deal with that one. And then they won a game. <laughs> you know, they haven't done in a good while. Well, for the last ten games, they, they're they 6-4 and four there. But Toronto is also 6-4, and four, but they will not catch the Yankees. I do believe that. They'll go to the maybe go to the playoffs, per se. Tampa Bay, that is the team that I'm kind of rooting for. I am, too. You know, because uh, I don't like Toronto, <laughs> to at least not the makeup of the team there. But as long as Tampa Bay get in, I'm good. But, again, you're looking at a team like Baltimore there, then they ain't got nothing to lose in every day in the game. They got a significant way to kind of push into the situation. They're about five games and a half out from uh, any positionary type of mode there. But... That's going to be tight in that. I, I don't know. Baltimore might just get mad and just ruin everybody's day, okay? They may not get in, but they're going to make somebody very evil there. On the other hand, our division stakes, you know, the high heaven. Sure does. Cleveland and Chicago, they're battling out. And I still say Chicago's going to say something before Cleveland do anything. Cleveland, I think, got a big advantage because they got some good pitching and whatnot there. And long they have that with some timely hitting, and they do a better job to me of timely hitting than the Chicago White Sox. Not saying the White Sox are not capable, but they haven't really showed it, you know, all through the season there. Although they're they're winning games, okay, they're they're doing well. Minnesota, I think they're dead, okay. Yep. And of course, we don't have to say too much about Kansas City and Detroit, Houston. A uh, hundred games or more, and the team I'm looking at that hasn't done very well lately here, Seattle. Watch out! 
Okay, that's the team that I'm whipping. You know, if the Tigers ain't winning, you know I'm going to root for the Mariners, okay? And, hey, I hope they take out Toronto. Big, fast, and in a hurry there. But they're going to have to do a little bit more. I'm talking about uh, Seattle there when it comes down to clinching the playoff spot there. They're going to have to win some games and kind of up their ante there. Um, National League is, I don't know, it's kind of iffy there because the Mets in Atlanta is uh, having at it, and that's not going to be decided to the end of the season. Uh, Either the loser will get first place, the winner uh, will get a playoff spot there, and that's a good deal there. But Milwaukee and St. Louis, although Milwaukee's been winning and St. Louis has been a little bit below average there, uh, I can't say too much about it, but I think Milwaukee's out. On the other hand, the Dodgers and the, the Padres looking nice. Dodgers are in, regardless. The Padres is going to have to battle. And there we have it. The the worst and the ones who have a possibility of going somewhere and getting absolutely nowhere. You mentioned uh, Aaron Judge hitting his 58th and 59th home runs yesterday, Butch. Uh, just look at how good he has been this season with his 59 home runs. That's the most in single-season history by a right-handed batter in American League history, and he's only a, a, a few away from uh, Roger Maris's record. He just passed uh, Hank Greenberg and Jimmy Fox, who had 58 home runs in the 1930s. And just overall, it's not just his home runs. He's too shy of Roger Maris's AL record, 127. Seven RBIs leads all of baseball and a 316 batting average is just one shy point shy of the leader earning judge a potential triple crown and he's heating up butch in September he's batting 491 that's a that's a way to go into the playoffs this, this guy's something special to watch isn't he it's, hey it's the only thing to watch right now here buddy because again uh, you know the, the team that we're basically looking at right now who basically is uh Given the problem, it's, it's just the front end games there. We're, we're talking about the Mets and maybe Atlanta or something like that. There, everything like you just said at the beginning, and you you said it all. I think everything's decided. Okay, you know, couple of little uh, wrinkles here and there, but again. Majority of this has already been decided. Butcher, before we go to our final break of the Detroit Red Wings finishing up their prospect camp in Traverse City tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They did win a game on Friday over Columbus, losing to Dallas, and they will start their main camp later this week at Little Caesars Arena. Detroit Pistons uh, pretty quiet as far as them. Uh, any updates on those two teams? Because really there hasn't been much going on other than the prospects camp. Well, as you say, we said off the air, Absolutely nothing. Right. So we'll we'll get on that right away, boys and girls. So you can get everything you need to know and then some here with the railways and the pistons there. Pistons, uh, we kind of expect them not to get cranked up for another 10 days after the auto show and a whole lot of other little things rest in the city of Detroit because it's been very, very hectic downtown Detroit there with the auto show going on, the Tigers and the, and the Lions playing on the same day. And, and got a couple concerts down the road a piece there. This place was, uh, this joint was jumping. 
It certainly was. Butch, we're going to take our final break. When you and I come back, still have a few more sports to cover. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Are you a do-it-yourselfer homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern Upper Peninsula for over 40 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Call 906-632-1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric. 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owners agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Now's the time of the year to get more for your money on a new Mahindra, the world's number one selling farm tractor. Enjoy 0% financing on select Mahindra tractors. That's more for less on Mahindra's best-selling models. We deliver more lift, better fuel efficiency, and more built-in weight. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales. Come on in and test drive a new Mahindra today. And remember, we also carry a full line of Boss Plows, Cub Cadet, Woods Implements, X-Mark Mowers, Echo Power Equipment, and Doolittle Trailers. Give us a call today at 906-478-3026. And remember, I-75, exit 373 in Rudyard for the best service in the EUP. Central Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. With nine locations to serve you, they're everywhere you need them to be. Account options such as checking, savings, and retirement accounts. Apply online for personal, home, and business loans. Enjoy conveniences like online banking, CSB Loan Pay Express, instant issue debit cards, mobile wallet, and remote deposit capture. Central Savings Bank has all the convenience you need and want in today's fast-paced world. Visit one of their nine locations, see their helpful smiling faces, and get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. And welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. If you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it here in about a half hour or so 
on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, let's talk about the WNBA Finals as the Las Vegas Aces win their first ever championship and the first professional championship for the city of Las Vegas as they defeat the Connecticut Sun in Game 4, 78-71, winning the NBA Finals, WNBA Finals, excuse me, three games to one. Uh, This is a first for the Aces franchise. They started as the Utah Stars in 97 when the WNBA made its debut. They moved to San Antonio. And now under uh, rookie head coach Becky Hammond, they win the WNBA Finals. Uh, Certainly a very exciting time for that franchise and uh, that city. Your thoughts on the WNBA Finals, Butch? Happy for Becky. I know her very well. Me too. I'm close and personal. (laughs) And uh, that's a treat for her. She's worked very hard to get where she's at as being a good doggone coach. I mean, this is a good coach. I think she can go to an NBA men's team and do the same kind of job that she did for that ladies team. Because she is somebody, she's a piece of work there. But the the team all itself, I've, I've looked at the Aces a lot of times this year. Uh, on television, on CBS, of course, as well as uh, ESPN and some of the other slots they put them on ABC every now and then. But it was uh, it's a really good deal. It's a real, uh, uh, Connecticut gave them a fight, okay? And you can't say uh, they didn't do their best there. But the league is, in in my judgment, there's a lot more more exciting than it has been in a, in a pretty good while. And I think it's it's due to the fact to the young ladies, the performers, and also the voices that they put out in in society there to, to give the, uh, the general public notice there. And the league this year has been a very successful league, up close and personal. Yeah, I've watched more WNBA this year, Butch, than I think I have uh, probably in its entirety. It's just, it's just uh, it's. I think it's a better product. I think they promote it better. And uh, you know, stories like Becky Hammond. You mentioned it, knowing her. This this is someone that's kind of been doubted a lot in her life. Uh, she's five six from Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, many people said, "Oh, you're too short. You're not fast enough to be a Division One college basketball star." She was. Those same people said, "Ah, you can't play in the WNBA." She did. And then they also said, don't forget, she coached under Greg Popovic as assistant coach at San Antonio. And uh, certainly that helped her. And I agree, Butch, uh, put this, uh, she should be on, on anyone's coaching list. Uh, the Detroit I Pistons. Right. Right. You come help coach these men on my team. And what's the successful with it too? They, they the team got her ear, and, and and when you can reach your players, that that's the first deal of uh, winning over your players in coaching. There, they got to do what you ask them to do, and more times than not, if, you, if, if that formula is there, it, that that's a great balance for our championship team. Man, congratulations to her, boy. Absolutely. Butch, we're going to talk about wrestling next, but uh, a sport that's kind of getting like wrestling a bit is the world of golf with the PGA and the Live Series. Over the past week, uh, Phil Mickelson, who was part of the Saudi-backed Live Golf Invitational Series, is uh, asking for the PGA to work with the series for the good of the sport, saying it's here for real. And then this week, you have uh, Live CEO and former golfer Greg Norman. He is visiting Capitol Hill to share the circuit's plan to change professional golf address concerns over ties to Saudi Arabia so much drama in golf it's starting to get more like wrestling isn't it and then some <laughs> yeah 
Competition of the PGA kind of has a monopoly on things, but Live Golf is changing that. How about kind of a Davis Cup format in the future, Butch? Live versus PGA. I think the ratings for that would be fantastic. It would be coming, and I think that would be coming sooner than they ever merge. I think if they do merge, it'd be because of something like that. That particular wrench where basically Live go after uh, the PGA best and whatnot in uh, maybe a three day series. It, you know, it probably won't. You know, you can't get live to go four days. On <laughs> right, yeah, you know, you're right. right. It'd have to be three, yep. That's right, you know. They, <laughs> you, or it's not going to hold, but, uh, it, you know, it, I think that's coming. That'll come before these guys could ever think about merging together, uh, getting together on that there. Butch, speaking of wrestling and Saudi Arabia, Logan Paul in just his second singles match in WWE will challenge the face of wrestling, the tribal chief Roman Reigns for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship in November 5th in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia at Crown Jewel. Uh, Paul, 27, is a social media star who met Floyd Merriweather in a boxing exhibition last June. He started his uh, WWE uh, career at WrestleMania and a tag team uh, victory alongside The Miz. Still some business to attend to before that in the WWE, Butch, with the Extreme Rules coming up, but Logan Paul and Roman Reigns, that one should be interesting. Uh, I don't know what, you know, the guy has some crown juice because that is a huge event in Saudi Arabia. Over, We're going to get over 70,000 people yeah. to show up there. And with the traditions with women lacking, okay, you know, not lacking per se, but getting better, you know, typographically, you know, where they had before where you did not have any women performing 
or very few women uh, uh, visiting the mat or the matches and whatnot. It's a big difference from last year and the year before where you got little girls and whatnot out there watching the wrestling matches there. And uh, although their attire for the ladies are totally different, uh, they, they're they adoring the WWE coming in their town and entertaining them and whatnot. So the Logan Paul thing, I'm going to say it like this. Roman Reigns is going to win. Yes. They're going to make this look good. He may knock him out a couple of times, but Roman Reigns is going to insult this guy here and then some. And, uh, you know, again, with we're talking about money with Saudi Arabia. You know, I'm quite sure Logan Paul is going to get a nice little chunk of change. He's getting paid from the Saudi prince. That's right. And then some. Butch, let's move on to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I will start uh, thumbs up to the Detroit Lions. Didn't think I'd say that uh, this early in the year, but certainly uh, something they had to do. I I wouldn't say it was a line in the sand game for the Detroit Lions, but it it was a game that they had to win in front of their home fans. Lots of hype this season with the Hard Knocks series and all of Dan Campbell's antics, and they showed up. Were they perfect yesterday? Absolutely not. But did they do enough to win a football game? Yes. And uh, that offense is looking good defensively. Still some issues. We're going to find out a little bit more about them next week at Minnesota. But for this week, the Detroit Lions have my thumbs up. Thumbs down. Michigan State. Boy, just yeah, you knew going into that game, going out west, taking on a team that has a very good quarterback and Penix Jr. who has ripped apart the Michigan State secondary. Michigan State secondary last year was the worst in all of college football, and they didn't look any better on a Saturday night. Note to the scheduling department, granted the schedules are set way in advance, especially for non-conference. Don't look to go to the west coast any time, Michigan State. It doesn't quite work well for you. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. Okay, boy. Oh and you boy. got lots of time. You got like three minutes. Yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, hey, I like to say hello to Joe Blow and Mary Lou here. <laughs> yes. Uh, thumbs up. I think uh, he, this guy well deserves it. Uh, Dan Skipper. Yes. I think thumbs up big time. This is a guy who's... Uh, very much so. The uh, national media has made it their business to tell all his, his life story, how many times he got fired and how many times he got hired. And I guess the thing about it is he, he kept his dream alive the best way he could possibly have. And this guy practically begged to be able to be somewhere and have a job. And the Lions granted that by putting him on the practice squad give them an opportunity and for the Lions best interest they didn't have nobody to play and this guy's on the practice squad and they gave him an opportunity and they shined in this bad boy he made everything look rosy there and guy got a game ball out of this too by the way here so if him for Rayford this is Skipper there he's well deserved that never quit your dog on day job here but but have a have a backup for the night one. Um, I don't know. I, I, on the thumbs down here, I would like to give that to no other than the NCAA football schedule. <laughs> when some of these teams are playing. 
I don't know why, okay, when, you know, as much as we want to see a playoff, and it's going to come, they're going to make the, the, they're going to try to make sure we all die before we get there and see it here, but it's going to come, and hopefully sooner than later, they're saying 26, it needs to be sooner than that. I agree. That all these games that could have been more or less on the competitive nature for Michigan and Ohio State to be playing and whatnot, and be able to make a legitimate who's number one, who's number two, and whatever it may be, has not came to fruition yet here. Alabama, who did they play? Louisiana Monroe, I believe, or Lafayette, Lafayette. God, Lord. (laughs) Roll Tide. (laughs) You see where I'm coming from? I do. No wonder Oregon can zoom on up there from number 25, which, by the way, I don't mean no harm. That's my score and all, but I couldn't figure it out. Okay? Yeah, fast track up the up the rankings. <laughs> well, that's my thumbs down on this particular thing, Scott. Butch Davis joining us on the game. You can hear Butch on sports on his website. Just go to Simply Butch Two. That's T O O dot Podomatic dot com. Usually on Sundays and Wednesdays. Butch, as always, thanks for joining us on the game on this Monday night. We'll talk to you next Monday night for our next edition of the game, sir. Indeed. All right. Well, I want to thank Butch Davis along with our guest tonight, Rob Horn, color commentator for Sioux Eagles Hockey and co-host David McKegg Jr. Again, if you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it here in about 15 minutes or so on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. That's going to do it for this Monday night edition of the game. We will talk to you next Monday for our next edition of the game here on News Talk 1400. Thanks for listening to the game on News Talk 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.